So this afternoon, I'm going to explore the next two paramis of resolve, or persistence, and loving-kindness. Yesterday, Gil was talking about um, steady persistence as being a part of patience, and of patience as being the willingness and the capacity to be with whatever is happening with all experiences, events, people, just that willingness to be with, to sort of settle into what's here. And resolve is that determination. So it's just that little bit, um, I was going to say stronger, but um, steadfastness, uh, not giving up or determining. And the Pali word is aditana. And it comes after truthfulness um, because truthfulness needs um, resolve to kind of perfect it. So we can um, want to um, live out the truth, live out the va- our values, but we need that resolve to stay with that. So we may have had insights and seen how this is really it. This is how it really is. But without resolve, we cannot um, stay with that. Um, And you know that from having wonderful insights on retreat and going back into our lives and suddenly finding yourself back in the same habit patterns. You know, we do that. And so resolve is the parami that perfects that capacity to live the aspirations and the truths that we've seen in our practice. So it's an unshakable commitment. Just like the surgeon I told you about uh, last time who had that unshakable commitment to do no harm. It's holding to that value. And um, this is from the treatise on the paramis the aspiration of resolved. Having crossed over, I will cross over. Being freed, I will free others. Tamed, I will tame others. Calm, I will calm others. Comfort, I will comfort others. Having attained awakening, I will lead others to awakening. And so forth. So the I will is the willingness to, um, that underlines all of the paramis and bring them, brings them to perfection. It's sort of the foundation for them all. And of course, the famous resolve of the Buddhas, the night of his awakening, through skin and bones, though skin and bones wither away, though the flesh and blood of my body dry up, I shall not give up my efforts until I have attained whatever is attainable by heroic perseverance, heroic resolve, energy, and endeavor. So that's a lot to live up to. And it doesn't mean um, forcing or pushing. It sounds like that. But there's a willingness there. And in fact, there are four resolves that the Buddha talks about. The resolve for wisdom, 
the resolve for truth, the resolve for generosity, and the resolve for peace. And he says one should not neglect wisdom, should preserve the truth, cultivate generosity, and train in peace. Discernment or wisdom, truth, Relinquishment and generosity, remember there's that, those two aspects of generosity, the giving and the releasing. And so that kind of includes um, renunciation. And then peace. So it's underlining all of the paramis, all ten of them really are included in that. And you can see how we need discernment and resolve together because you can make resolves that aren't necessarily wise or we can make a skillful resolve but have unrealistic expectations not be carrying it out in a wise way and Gil was talking about that yesterday how we can have intention to attain, I will attain enlightenment on this retreat, or I will attain jhana on this retreat, or whatever it is, Um, and then having an agenda or an expectation. And so in having discernment about resolve, we're understanding what pace is appropriate for us. We might make a resolve, I'm going to sit for two hours every day when making a resolve of five minutes a day (laughs) might be more realistic. And so we're taking resolves that are in, um, in, I can't find the word, in sort of resonance with where we are. So patience is being, allowing with where we are right now. And wisdom acknowledging that and then the resolve that comes from that, what's appropriate right now. So it's the commitment to keep going from wherever we are, not needing ourselves to be somewhere else, but just to keep going. And as Gil was saying yesterday, taking the next step, just the next step, that commitment. And so wise resolve is supporting the strengthening and it's according to our interest and capacity at the time. It's wisely taking that into account. So that's the wisdom part of it. And it keeps us coming back over and over whatever quality we're cultivating, whether we're cultivating the truth or uh, sila or patience or wise effort, whatever the parami is that we're cultivating, it's helping us stay with that, acknowledge where we are, and not give up on ourselves. So will and commitment and aligning ourselves with our values. And by will, I mean willingness. Because that's the um, sort of unskillful edge of resolve is we can will and push ourselves through. That's a perseverance that's not so skillful. And we've all done that, pushed ourselves through something, 
through will. When we're not actually willing, but it's coming from a resolve. And sometimes there can be a blindness in that. Like we might be staying with a job or a relationship or some situation that's actually harming. But we've made this resolve to stay. And so it's using our discernment. Is this a wise place? Or do I actually need to change, do something different? So we really need to be aware of how we're making that resolve. So we're not doing it in a harsh or a forceful way that doesn't include what's right for me in this moment. So we can notice as we're practicing, is, does my persistence have a striving or a harsh edge? And what's the effect of that? And the other side of it is, is there procrastination? <laughs> and what's the effect of that? And I spent a large part of my life being at either one of those extremes. <laughs> and because I've been persisting with a striving edge, and medical school was a huge example of that, then I would flip to the other end and have no persistence at all and procrastinate. And then because I'd procrastinated and nothing had been done, then the persistence would have a harsh edge again. And so practice has been finding the middle path between those two. And really over and over again, the persistence to see how can I do this in a wise way so that it's not through will and yet there's not procrastination. The other piece of determination or resolve sees challenges as opportunities rather than obstacles. So it's that determination to be with this and to see it as an opening to a possibility rather than something to push through. If I just stay here, what can I learn? What's possible? And it says, unshakable, wholesome determinations is a way of being not distracted by anything. So it's that stability, strength of the mountain, whatever the weather. The mountain just sits, no matter what the weather is. It's here. And so that ability to be here in the face of whatever is difficult in our lives. And there's a sustaining part of it too that just keeps that continuity, a gentle steadiness that helps us be able to be there with discouragement, with fear, with um, doubt, persistence, Resolve is an antidote to doubt. We see doubt. We're aware of doubt. Wisdom shows us doubt is here. And we keep going anyway. Oh, doubt is like this. There's doubt in the mind. Rather than because of doubt, getting up and walking out. <laughs> it's like... Um, 
so it helps us stay whether our practice is feels easy or difficult whether it's pleasant to stay present or really hard to stay present patience and persistence come together and help us and balance each other patience provides the sort of gentleness and openness and capacity to be with and persistence just keeps us intimate there's an immediacy to both it's that capacity to make a fresh start each moment is a new beginning it's like persistence is holding us right at the edge of the next moment we're not caught in the future we're not caught in the past it's gills yes to this moment and there's a freshness in that not holding on in that's here here over and over and because of that trust and confidence develop it's possible to be with this and that fresh start aspect for me has been so helpful now over and over again here one of the things that can block persistence um and resolve is um fear of failure and of that message of having to get it right of wanting to give up because we can't get it right so doubt can make us want to get it right want to give up so can um fear of getting it wrong and we don't try unless we think um we can fulfill our agenda there's that belief well if i'm not going to get there anyway why bother so there's a tendency to hang back enlightenment isn't possible for me so it's okay to just hang out and pleasant and resolve is that place of i it's it is possible it's possible for anyone even me and so just staying at that edge of being willing and of it's okay to fail it's possible to take that next step so without persistence you can be being patient with yourself but hanging back if we overdo persistence then it can cause agitation and there's a pushing and so again discernment helps us balance that truthfulness what's true in this moment what's the capacity right now often unskillful determination contains a lot of i in it i should um or i'm the one that's going to succeed and there's a kind of i have to get somewhere i have to become enlightened or comparing i have to before anybody else um the sort of um 
pressure of I that can get mixed in with resolve and can be a hindrance to it. So when we balance patience and resolve, there's that just staying with, following the values, not giving up on the values, and embracing the other paramis, generosity, wisdom, letting go. And when we're steadily persistent, it allows mindfulness to investigate exactly what's going on. And so I just love how (laughs) they all feed into us. Mindfulness and investigation reveal the truth. And the more we let go, the easier it is to make the resolve to keep going. We can know things for what they are. Hypervigilant, anxious energy is like this. Oh, calming is needed. And there's a gentle resolve to incline to calm. May the body relax now. That just that intention to relax. So resolve sort of connects our intentions with um, actually helping them come about. Because you can make intentions, but nothing actually happens. (laughs) You can, at the beginning of the sit, may I be present for this sit? But without resolve, that's not going to happen. It's that commitment that helps the continuity and the awareness to this moment, this moment. So there's a way that resolve supports the continuity of mindfulness. And when we link persistence with compassion, um, that's really valuable too. Because sometimes persistence gets, get, persistence gets linked with judging and harshness. I'm not doing it right. I mean, I know I keep saying this in different ways, but it's so easy for us to fall in that habit of having resolve be like a whip that we judge ourselves when we're not keeping to our resolves. And so we need to um, have compassion be included there. And that naturally starts to happen as um, the paramis unfold. But the intention to include compassion is also important. And when it is, we can transform the energy of anger, for example, into a sustainable commitment to to stay true to our values. Sometimes anger is an indication that we're seeing an injustice or something's not right. And rather than getting caught in the anger and the emotion, The resolve and the patience help us stay with it so that we can see clearly on how to act from a skillful place. And of course, 
resolve and the ability to have it be perfected doesn't happen overnight. It's a long process of training it. It's like um, the examples these days of people who've had strokes. It used to be that if someone had a stroke, there wasn't much, much expectation of recovery. But now they found that if people repeat certain very small repetitive tasks over and over, the nerve to that function can reconnect again. And you see the resolve that's required. I've seen some videos, and some of you may have, of these people with tremendous both patience and resolve doing these small repetitive movements over and over that rewire so they can then move or do things again. And there are probably people here who've had experience with that for themselves or a relative, someone they know. And it's the same with the habit patterns in the mind. If we're patient enough and have enough resolve, it can change. But we need to do it over and over and over. And that's that resolve piece. And it applies to being with the adversity in the world. Because that isn't something that is going to change in a hurry. And so we need to have a lot of patience and resolve to keep staying with our values. The Dalai Lama says, no matter what's happening in your life and in the world, never give up. Never give up working for peace. That's the resolve for peace. So even if it seems impossible and despairing and overwhelming, never give up. I was recently spent two weeks in Israel with family and met some wonderful people who were doing amazing things, trying to bring Palestinians and Israelis together and help children of each nationality relate to each other, see each other as they really are. And sometimes there were times the friends the friends I made felt completely hopeless because the leaders of each side are so um, full of adversity. And yet at the same time, they weren't giving up. Each moment, they knew in their hearts, no matter what happens, we have followed our value that all people are deserving of respect. It's possible for people to see each other through eyes of wisdom, eyes of compassion and love. And they kept over and over making the resolve, we're not going to give up, even when it feels hopeless. And I was so moved by that and inspired. It's easy for us to get caught in despair in this world. And so it's important to um, see the people around us who are acting with resolve. 
people, not our leaders, <laughs> but people in our communities, in our neighborhoods, and support each other in finding that, that gift for each other. So it's, it's developing this heart that um, is intimate, present, full, connected, responsive and attuned, and keeping that resolve to stay with that. The willingness to keep connecting with our resolves and intentions. Sometimes resolves are uh, translated as vows. In the Mahayana, they take the bodhisattva vows. Um, And in a way, all of the divine abodes, the ones we've been chanting each night, of kindness, compassion, joy, and equanimity, they are all resolves. I will abide, it says in the sutta, pervading in all directions with a heart imbued with kindness, compassion, joy, and equanimity. I will abide. That resolve, not just to have a moment of kindness, but to abide from that place. So it's a determination, not something we visit once in a while. Having a kind moment is great. It's that resolve to abide in it, keep connecting with it over and over. So we're persevering with the intention to be kind. We're watering it gently. But we're not overwatering it. And we're not, as Gil was saying, pulling the seeds out to see if it's growing yet. Um, but just gently, patiently, continually giving it the opportunity to be nourished and grow. The whole of the Metta Sutta, because this is the next parami, loving kindness, the whole of the Metta Sutta is about resolve, willingness to align ourselves with the truth and actually with all of the paramis. And I'll see, maybe if I don't talk too much, I'll have time to chant it for you so you can really experience how those resolves are all the way through for each of the paramis. So in the divine abidings chant, it's abiding in all directions, abundant, exalted, immeasurable, without hostility and without ill will. And it's that boundlessness that's the gift of loving-kindness practice, the next resolve. Because when kindness is perfected, it is all-pervasive. It is completely boundless, not bound by preference, by prejudice, by um, excluding certain politicians. (laughs) It's completely unconditional. It's this two, those two, everywhere without exception, inclusive 
and impartial. All beings without exception, internally all of ourselves, externally all of everyone else. So there's no possession or possessor. Just like with generosity, no gift, no giver, no receiver. It's um, the entire universe pervaded with love or compassion, without boundaries. So loving-kindness practice is a really powerful combination of intention, wisdom, and resolve. Um, It's this simple intention or wish that all beings without exception be happy, be filled with friendliness, well-being, safety, acceptance. And just sense that now, being filled with the deepest well-being, ease, peace, happiness, and that that could radiate out to everyone. That sense of well-being. And we're combining this love with the determination that we're going to practice to allow that to fill and permeate our lives and the people we meet. It's a love that is strength and gives strength. And you can sense the strength that comes from that. That being perfused filled with that sense of metta. And it doesn't necessarily mean being filled with lovey-fuzzy. It means, metta can mean a heart that doesn't dwell in aversion. So it's a moment when you're in a difficult situation with someone who's being difficult, and you're aware, oh, this is really hard, but there's no aversion here. And appreciating that doesn't mean there's love or you want to embrace them, but there isn't aversion or ill will. So it's that free from ill will, free from hostility. And metta has a protective function. And the protection, the Buddha um, first, uh, the story goes, shared the metta sutta with monastics who were afraid in the forest. And so it was an antidote to fear of all the creatures in the forest, but also to fear of the inner demons, the greed, the aversion, the delusion. So it's an inner protection. It's a creation of safety in our own hearts. May I be safe from inner harm. So may I be, this is what this is about. (laughs) May I be safe from my own greed, aversion, protected from it. Some of us navigate the world through fear and hypervigilance, 
because of the environment that we've grown up in and our culture and conditioning. And that's so painful. And that's why metta and sila are very connected and generosity. When we can practice sila and generosity, we're giving the gift of fearlessness and kindness so that we can feel safe with each other. Our trust gets eroded by what we hear and see around us. And so metta practice is a protection, feeling safe inside so that others' opinions and assumptions are not taken on as a belief about me. Through metta, we heal that. We come to experience who we actually are, not as an identity, but as free from false beliefs, false identities, projections from people around us. Oh, there's it's okay how I am. Not believing the insufficiencies or whatever else. All the distortions around love are to do with lack, lack of trust, lack of being cared for. All the origins of hatred are due to lack of safety. It's, it's powerful. The other thing about metta is um, the inclusiveness of it and the softness of it. It's like rain falling everywhere, and the rain falls on everyone without exception. So every part of ourselves is included in that. It's moistening, softening, perfusing. It doesn't just say, I'm not going to rain on this person or that person. It's raining everywhere, the rain of metta, melting, softening the barriers in our hearts and the barriers in the hearts of others, the barriers between each other. It's softening. Some people have an image of it being like a bird in flight that is spreading um, metta everywhere. The compassion and wisdom and all the paramis are raining down. So it's not something that's added to awareness. It's inherent. And it's uncovered as we start to see more clearly. So as we've said in different ways, the paramis are innate. And as we begin with resolve to stay with what's difficult, we start to see more and more clearly what's really here, what's uncovered. As we let go, as, as we have the courage to let go, what remains and what remains are the beautiful qualities of the heart. Our clear seeing gets blocked by distorted, sorry, it gets blocked 
by the distortions of clear seeing. Painful emotions and a, get intermingled with a distorted view of reality. They get kind of stuck to each other. And as we see more clearly how reality is, that resolve to stay with, the painful emotions are freed and teased apart, the T again. And what that reveals is love that's underneath. So it's also a purification practice. Meta plus mindfulness um, are said to be like a magnet drawing out all the difficulties, metabolizing um, all the difficult places in the heart. And sometimes the more we practice, I notice I'm always looking at that side of the room. I know what that's about. But that thought distracted me. (laughs) So, (laughs) completely lost where I was going. That's funny. (laughs) Wait a minute, maybe it will return. (laughs) But what's here is just a lot of love. It doesn't want any thoughts interfering with it. It just feels so wonderful to just let that be there. And I guess that's what I want you to know, is how much love is possible, and softness, and caring. You know, my intellectual mind wants to give you all these facts. But really the most important thing is what's underneath that and how much humility and joy and possibility there is in just being. And just how moved I am to look at each person, each one of you, And this gratitude, it feels such a gift. So actually metta enables us to focus on what's on the goodness in everything we experience, rather than being drawn to what's wrong, the deficiencies. And there's a forgiveness that comes with the warmth of metta. We're able to say, even though I made this mistake, I love myself. There's love here. Even though I lost where I was going, (laughs) there's love here. Doesn't matter. And that's just say that again, even though there's a, there was a mistake, the decision seemed like the wrong decision, there's love here. Underneath it all, there's compassion and love. Even though there's not knowing, not knowing what to do, just staying on the edge of not knowing what to do, with love, there's more possibility 
and it also combines with resolve, the love and resolve, to give us the courage to release more and more, to stay with the edge of our practice. Sometimes as our practice gets deeper, we see um, more and more vulnerable places, places that are really deep habit patterns can be revealed and we can think, oh no, what's wrong with my practice? I've done so much practice and this is horrible. But it's the love and resolve that helps us hang in there. This too, stay, it's okay. There's love here. We can stay. And the other piece the resolve does that is um, so helpful is sometimes in our practice, as our practice is unfolding, we can reach some place that feels really wonderful. But the Buddhist said it's really important. He said, don't stop without. That means don't get distracted. And also, don't stop within. And that means sometimes our path leads us to a beautiful place or to a wonderful insight. And we stop there. Ah, this is it. This must be it. I got it. But wisdom and resolve say, keep going. There's more. There's so much more possible. And so we're drawn to the possibility of freedom. And sometimes it can be so subtle, the holding on to the pleasant place or the insight. But my experience has been, there's no end to the discovery. It's like being in one of those snow globes, you know, what you ha- people have as kids. And so there's a ceiling, and you, can, you don't realize there's a ceiling. And so you think, this is it. And then you, you keep going, and all of a sudden you realize, this bubble pops, and there's more. <laughs> and they keep being more. Um, if we can open to the possibility of letting go over and over. Another piece is this um, that metta brings is connectedness and inclusivity. It opens the heart from being exclusive excluding parts of ourselves, excluding others or parts of others, to there not being a barrier there. So it, it's so, there's no separation. It takes us into a place of no separation. We're befriending ourselves in each moment, and we're befriending everything we encounter. We don't feel separate from life. And then we truly can radiate out to all beings everywhere. It dispels the illusion of separateness, and it weakens that fixation on I and mine, so that it truly is all beings everywhere. And sometimes it's easier 
to radiate, may all beings be happy, and just really feel in that, then rather than there are certain specific beings <laughs> that if you were to focus on them, <laughs> the aversion would come up. So you have to watch that. Generic all beings can be easier than certain <laughs> unnamed individuals. Um, but anyway, we're building connection rather than separation. First in our heart, then in our actions, stepping beyond fear. And we know how it is to be afraid, so we know how it is for others to be afraid. And we start to understand. May all beings experiencing this fear be free from their fear. Bhanting Gunaratana, um, a wonderful elder, talks about enemies. If our enemies were happy, well, and peaceful, they wouldn't be our enemies. If they were free from pain and suffering and fear and paranoia and anxiety, they wouldn't be our enemies. So the practical solution is to help them overcome their problems, to honor their basic rights so they don't need to be afraid, and then we'll all be able to live in happiness. Sounds so simple. And yet the um, instincts to see other, for hostility and greed are so strong. And that's why we need the resolves to practice kindness, to practice to see the truth and to have clear seeing. It doesn't come about without the resolve to keep practicing so that we can abide from that place rather than visit it occasionally. And yet every moment of visiting it is deepening that pathway which grows a little wider and a little easier to access um, throughout our practice. So kindness provides the trust to keep persisting. It supports the ability to have resolve. It builds the safety um, that we can keep going. Whenever we feel safe inside, it's easier to keep going. If we aren't afraid of our inner critic and judge and harshness, if we really deeply know there's love here. And it's not, it's, it's deeper than I'm lovable. It's just there's love here. And when there's love here, it's immeasurable. It's not confined to an I that's worthy of love. It's just love, value, beauty that's inherent, uncontainable. And each time we touch into that, even for a moment, it builds the capacity to continue with resolve. 
So I'd like to chant for you the Metta Sutta. And it's possible I may f- forget bits of it. And that's okay. This is what should be done by one who is skilled in goodness and who knows the path of peace. Let them be able and upright, straightforward and gentle in speech, humble and not conceited, contented and easily satisfied, unburdened with duties and frugal in their ways, calm and peaceful and wise and skillful. Let them not do the slightest thing that the wise would later um, <laughs> something <laughs> wishing in gladness and in safety may all beings be at ease whatever living beings there may be whether they are weak or strong the great and the mighty, the medium, short or small, seen and the unseen, those living near and far away, those born and to be born. Let none deceive another, nor despise any being in any state. Let none through anger or ill will wish harm upon another. (laughs) Protects with her life. Please join in. The child and her only child, so with a boundless heart, should one cherish all living beings, radiating kindness over the entire world, spreading upward to the skies, and downward to the depths, outward and unbounded, freed from hatred and ill will. This is set in to be the sublime abiding to fixed views the pure hearted one being freed from all sense desires 
It's not Wolverine ran into this world. It's so um, interesting what happens, how the mind can have an agenda and the heart just wants to rest, abiding in that. So may all of you abide in loving kindness and allow this resolve to continue gently to be open, caring, allowing, and filled with love. Thank you. And so it's also the flexibility to allow what's emerging and let go of an agenda. <laughs> and then when you, to see when you don't do that, the agenda gets dispersed anyway. <laughs> so thank you for your attention. And um, we'll see you in a little while.